good to see you, good to be with you. I was, about this time yesterday, I didn't think I was going to be here. I thought I'd be in heaven. I was feeling so bad. I was uh, not doing well. I was under the weather. And I'm not trying to hug on people or shake hands. I don't think I'm contagious. I am washing my hands. I am taking that goop that you put on your hands all the time. Um, but I'll tell you what, I feel alive today versus yesterday. I thought I was going to die. And uh, so anyway, it's good to be with you today. I want to just take a moment. Uh, we just saw this thing about this opportunity to go on a mission trip. Uh, Michonne's leading this uh, effort to take some people over and uh, to do some missions in Tanzania. Last week, if you remember, Eric Aguta was here with us, and he just shared real quickly a couple of things, um, great things that were going on, and, and I had a chance to visit with him about uh, another uh, opportunity that... Uh, possibly in the future we could be a part of. But uh, you guys didn't know that he was coming, and when he came, I just kind of gave you guys an opportunity to, to uh, give an offering to him, just kind of, you know, uh, you know, obviously you weren't prepared for that. But I, I just want to give a great praise report and just say thank you to every one of you. He got over uh, $3,000, I believe. I, I don't know the exact number. And I just want to say thank you for your generosity and for being a blessing to Eric and being willing to do that kind of stuff just at, at, you, know, uh, you know, without being planned on. And uh, that's just, that's genuine generosity at work. And uh, so I, I just want to thank you for that. And uh, he's blessed because of it. And it's going to continue to go to a great work over there in Eric's ministry. All right. Are you guys ready for the word today? This is an exciting day because we have, at the end of this service, we have water baptism. And uh, we got a couple of young uh, kids that are, they have uh, made a decision for Jesus in their life. And they want to give, they, they want to make a public announcement and demonstration of that. So we love water baptism. It's a celebration of new life. Amen. And uh, so we're really, really excited about this. We are in a series entitled The Good Life. And this, uh, this is that, you know, remember when Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. The more abundant life is the good life that God has come to give to us. Jesus came to give us that life. And uh, today, we're just going to get right into it. I want to talk about the, uh, the good news today. A couple of weeks ago, I began by talking about uh, I talked about the Good Shepherd, right? That's what it was. And then uh, last week we talked about the Good Book. But today I want to talk about the Good News. Everybody say Good News. When you hear the word gospel, gospel means good news. When you hear good news, that's the gospel. And so this is what we're going to be talking about today. And uh, I think it's going to be really good. I hope you as well enjoy what you're going to hear today. Are you guys going to be okay with this? You think, well, I already know all about the good news. Well, not so fast. Maybe you don't. There's always something more we can learn. Amen? If you have your Bibles, let's open them together to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 today. If we want to have a good life, and I'm assuming everybody here wants a good life, 
then there's no way to have the good life outside of believing and receiving the good news and all that that means for our lives. And so I want to begin by reading 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I want to start at verse 1. If you have your Bibles open there, stay open there because I'm going to refer back to it here in just a few moments. The Bible says, Paul writes, and he says, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. Everybody say the gospel. What's the gospel mean? Good news. He said, I declare to you the good news which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand, by which also you are saved. You are saved by believing in and receiving the gospel. That's how you're saved. If you hold fast that word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. So you can believe in vain. In other words, you can hear it and believe it, but not fully embrace it. And he said, that's in vain. You got to stand in this. You got to hold fast to this good news. Because this is the only way you get saved. This is the only way. And so he says, uh, unless you believed in vain. Verse 3, for I deliver to you. Now here in a nutshell, here's the gospel. He said, for I deliver to you, first of all, that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and that he rose again on the third day, according to the scriptures. And he goes on and he says, others saw him raised from the dead, 500 at one time saw him raised from the dead. And then finally, I saw him. I met him on the road to Damascus. A man born out of time saw him. And I was unworthy to see him, but he caused me to see him so that I could bring this message <clears throat> to all of the world. And then if you look at the verse 11, I just want you to see that last line. He said, so we preach and so you believed. We're preaching the good news. And it's important to believe in the good news because it is the only way of salvation. And so <clears throat> this is what I want to talk about today. So Father, I just pray for your strength and your mercy here in these next few moments. Help me, God, to share your word. Help us, everyone, to receive it today. And Lord, I just pray for the illumination of Scripture, the revelation of truth. And I pray, God, that every one of us would hear exactly what you want us to hear today. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen. 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 Well, the term gospel or good news, you'll find it in the scriptures about 93 times. And in all those 93 times, sometimes it's just called the gospel or the good news. Other times it's called the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of God, the gospel of Christ, the gospel of peace, the gospel of grace. In the book of Revelation, it's called the everlasting gospel. And the reason why it comes in those various forms is because to just say good news is good news, and that's great, but it's trying to, the Bible, God, the Holy Spirit, is trying to paint a picture of the magnitude of what we're talking about when we talk about the good news. It is the kingdom of God established in the earth and in the hearts and lives of people. It's the gospel of grace. It's the gospel of peace with God. It's, you know, it's, it's trying to describe all that the good news encompasses. 
in a sense, in, a, in the broadest sense, the gospel is all of the written word of God passed down to you and I. All of this right here that you hold in your hands is the good news of God in the broadest sense. But as we narrow it down, the central figure of the good news from the Old Testament, as well as in the New Testament, is that Jesus came to redeem us from our sins, to reconcile us back into relationship with God, to restore us to what God originally intended for every one of us. And if that wasn't good enough, what's even better, what's even gooder than that, is the fact that all we have to do is believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross for us, and that is your eternal, complete, total, full salvation. That's the good, I'm going to tell you something, that's good news. That gee, all I have to do is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross that it was for me because he died for my sins according to the scripture. Everybody in this room was a sinner, born a sinner. We have a nature of sin and everybody committed sin. I don't care how good you think you are, you're a sinner. Before you came to Christ, hallelujah. B.C., that's what you were, B.C., before Christ. But not only that, but through faith in Jesus Christ, I am brought back into relationship with God. I'm reconciled. I'm not an enemy of God. Before, before I knew Jesus, I was, Paul said, I was, I was under the wrath of God, and I was by nature a child of the devil. That's what the Bible says. But because I believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, he not only redeemed me of my sin, but he also brought me into relationship with God. And now what he's doing is he is bringing about full restoration in my life to be and to accomplish all that God designed from the very beginning before it all fell apart. Hallelujah. Can I get a good amen out there? And that's, that's the gospel, believing in that. And so this brings us back to 1 Corinthians 15. I want you to look at it real quick. Paul, just look at, again, he, Paul says, I declare to you the gospel which I preached to you and which you received. You, know, you have to receive it. And he said, in which you stand. We must stand in it. And he says, because you received it and you stand in it, that's your salvation. If... You hold fast to it. You can't let this go. You can't at some point say, oh, I don't believe that that's the truth anymore. I don't believe that, you know, that's the way. I don't believe that I, you know, if, if you don't hold fast to it, if you don't hold fast to it, you've believed in vain for not, for no good reason. Very clear. This is serious business. If we want to live the good life that Jesus said, I've come to give to you, we have to believe in and totally receive for ourselves the good news, the gospel of our salvation. We need to stand in it. We need to hold fast to it with all perseverance of faith. And so I want to talk about this. What does it mean to hold fast to the good news? What does it mean to believe it and receive it? Well, first of all, I want to take a look at the I want to take a look at 
if there's good news, there's bad news, right? And uh, I want to take a look at the fake news that's out there. And we need to be aware of the fake news. When we talk about the good news, the gospel, we need to be aware that there is there's a counterfeit, there's a false gospels out there. And you might be surprised if you were to talk to people who call themselves Christians and even come to church on a fairly regular basis, you might be surprised to actually find out what their version of the good news actually is. There's good news and there's bad news. There's true news and there's false news. There's left news and there's right news. There is a true gospel and there is a fake gospel. And I want to just take a moment and kind of outline a few of these. This is not exhaustive, but let's just look at it. Well, first of all, let me read, let me read Galatians and I, because I want to give you a proof text of this. Galatians chapter 1, verses 6 through 9. Paul says, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than the one that we have preached to you, let him be accursed. And then he goes on and he says, and let me just say it one more time. If anybody preaches a gospel other than the one that you heard from us. Let that person be accursed. Because if you hear the wrong news, the fake news, the lies, the untrue gospel, that is what keeps people from coming into what God has destined for them for eternal life. And so when Paul said, let them be accursed, I looked it up in the original language, and it means let them be cursed. Make that whatever you will. Come on. Paul is serious. The Word of God is serious. Let me, let me outline a few of the, the fake newses that are out there. There's the good people gospel. Now, this is the message that says we're all basically good we all make mistakes. After all, none of us are perfect. And, you know, in our, in our heart, we're basically good. And you can't, you know, just, th this kind of goes back into that whole idea like, yeah, I can believe in Jesus, but, I, but ultimately and finally, it's, it's my, I'm a good person. We will do this in defense of our children who are in rebellion. We will talk about our children in rebellion, but we're always, but they're good. I know they're good in their heart, but they're in rebellion. You know why they're in rebellion? Because they're a sinner. And because by nature, we are not basically good. By nature, we are sinners. And everybody commits sin. And the Bible says there is none righteous, not even one. Psalms chapter 14, verses 2 and 3. You can go home and read it for yourself. It says it right there. And Paul quotes it in the book of Romans. And he says, we are not 
basically good. You may be better than me in some things. We can, we can measure ourselves by one another and say, well, I'm, at least I'm not that. But listen, it wasn't from that person's glory that we fell. We fell short of the glory of God. All of us have. We're not basically good. And if you press a lot of Christians and you were to ask them and you were to talk to them, a lot of people that profess to be believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, and you say, listen, if you were to die tonight and you were to go stand before Jesus in heaven and, and he were to say, why should I let you into my heaven? What would your answer be? And for an awfully lot of people who call themselves Christian, they would say, well, they would think about it for a second and then they would say something like, well, you know, I tried to live the best life I could. I did, I, you know, I, I, my, good, my good outweighs my bad. That's a good people gospel. That's fake news. We are all by nature sinners. We are born into this world a sinner and we all commit sin and we all need a savior and my good my best days are never good enough ever ever amen can i get a good witness out there here's another one this one this is called the optional jesus gospel now this belief says that jesus is good and he's a wonderful person and he's a great teacher and you can learn a lot from Jesus. Well, you can learn a lot from most of what he says, but you can't really buy into all of what he says. I mean, after all, it was man who wrote the Bible. And you have people out there that are like, yeah, you know, Jesus, yeah, if Jesus works for you, that's good. He's a way, but he's not the only way. Come on, anybody ever heard something like this? These people believe that you can find your way to your God, whatever that may be, through a number of different spiritual experiences in your life. And if you then cite to them the, the strong teaching of Jesus in the Bible, they will basically want to start cherry picking what you can and can't accept. And they would say something like, well, that is not, you know, that, that is not woke enough. That's not relevant enough. That's old school. That's way back there. That's 2,000 years old. That doesn't work in this culture, in my life, and in this life. But I want to tell you, the Bible is very clear. Jesus is very clear. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. In fact, he said before that, he said, nobody comes to me except the Father draw him. So I can't even come to Jesus without the Father drawing me to Jesus. But I can't even go to the Father unless I come through Jesus. He's not an option. That's fake news. That's, that's a lie. That's not the truth. And there are a lot of people that believe this. There is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. Let me tell you something. If, and, and those people that say, well, Jesus is a good moral teacher and you, know, you can learn some things from him. Listen, if Jesus isn't who he said he was, then he's not a good person. He's either a lunatic, as C.S. Lewis said, or he's a liar. But he's not good. 
You can't accept some of what he says and reject all the other stuff. He is who he says he is or he's not at all. Come on now. I feel a dose of medicine coming in me right now. Amen. So we got the good people gospel. We got the optional Jesus gospel. Here's another one. We got the faith plus gospel. And this is what a lot of us struggle with. A lot of us do. This is a distortion because what this says is my faith plus me towing the line and doing the right thing at the right time in the right way ensures that I'm good with God, I'm saved, and I know it, I think, until I mess up again. And this is a form of legalism. Basically saying that, yes, you have to believe in Jesus, but you also got to do this and you can't do that. And, and if you don't stop this and if you don't add this thing to your life, then, you know, God, he can't be pleased. He can't be happy. He can't be excited. He's, there, you got you to do some stuff. Yeah, you, you need to believe in what Jesus did on the cross. These are the people that sing, amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, and then go out and are trying to attain God's favor and God's love by what they do. That's a fake gospel. That's fake news. Amen. Come on out there. You guys are quiet. Is it okay? Are you all right? You know why, you know why people struggle? You know, it's, well, quite frankly, the gospel just is too good to be true. Come on now, isn't it? It's just too good to be true. You're telling me that I could live a reprobate life. I could do all kinds of evil things. I can, I could think of the worst things that you can think that you can do in life. And, 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 and I just come to the Lord and I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and, and what he did on the cross, that it was for my sin and that he did it for me. And, and I don't have to do anything because we sang about it. You can't add to his blood. We sang it this morning. You can't add to the blood of Jesus Christ. That, and if I believe in that, then I am I'm saved completely, fully, totally. Yeah, too good to be true. But see, the problem is we're such control freaks and we want to live by such a, we want to feel good about ourselves that we, we end up taking this grace that is so freely given back into our own hands trying to attain to almost kind of make us feel good about ourselves and maybe even look good to other people amen and that's no good that's a fake news that's that's not the true news amen listen if you had anything to do with getting yourself saved listen to the implication of this if it were true that I had anything to do with getting myself saved, then the onus is on me all the way through my life to keep myself that way. And I got news for you. As good as you are, you ain't that good. Amen. You're, you're just not that good. When Jesus said at the cross, it is finished, he meant I did it all. Trust in me too good to be true but it is true amen so that's a the faith plus gospel faith plus my you gotta do this not do that 
Isn't, then that, that's not, that's fake. Amen. One more. Let me give you one more. Here's the, here's the other opposite end of the last one, the cheap grace gospel. Now, this is the opposite of play, faith plus because it's more like, here's, here's how some people, you mean, I, all I have to do is believe in Jesus and I'm saved. I get out of my, I get out of, I get my, get out of hell card if I give my heart to Jesus. Yeah? Yeah, you, you don't, you know, you have eternal, oh, you know, okay, good. He's my righteousness, right? Yeah, he's your righteousness. So, really, it doesn't really matter what I do with the rest of my life, like, I can do this, and I can do that, and I can live in this sin, and I can go do this and this sin. And No, that's not the gospel message. That's not the gospel message. The gospel message is that anyone who comes to Christ is a brand new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Come on. Jesus did come to set us free from the power of sin to live a life in the glory and the grace of God. He did come to set us free. To not just live any way we want to live, but to live in the way that God originally designed for us to live. And here's what Paul said, and it won't come up on the screen, but it's Titus chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. He says, for the grace of God. Anybody thank God for his grace? The undeserved kindness of God. He said, for the grace of God teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly lusts and to live righteously and holy lives. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. But we have an awful lot of people, and, I was, and the reason why I'm bringing this up to you here today is because there's an awful lot of Christians, professing believers, that are somewhere stuck in some of these, this fake news. Amen. It's not the true news. It's not the real news. And so we need to get that. We need to beware of the fake news that's out there. Are we doing okay? Everybody all right? All right. So, we need to be aware of the fake news, but then my second point, and this is what I want to just kind of spend a little time on here, we need to believe the good news. We need to believe the good news. Now, I am told, I haven't done this myself, but when they want to treat, teach people how to uh, know counterfeit currency, they just really make them study the real deal. You don't focus so much on the counterfeit as you focus and train yourself on real currency. So that when you look at something, notes that come across you, if it is counterfeit, automatically something's missing. And so what I want us to do in the next few moments is I want us to just go back over this. And I know this seems real basic, but this is very important to us living in the freedom and the good life that Jesus has brought to us. And I love this verse of Scripture. It's found in Proverbs 
1530, this is the amplified version. It says, good news puts fat on the bones. How many of you could use some fattening up today? You, you could use some good news. So good news, it's so filling, it's so refreshing, it's so energizing. We want to we spend a few moments today just looking at this idea of what the good news is. So the, the central idea of the gospel is that I was born into sin. I couldn't save myself. So God came in human flesh and became my Savior, dying on the cross for my sins, being buried in the tomb, resurrected on the third day. And my faith in Jesus is what saves my soul. Right? I know this seems kindergarten, but we got to do it. We got to do this. Because you can't, I, I cannot over express to you guys how many people are tra trapped in some lies. So we got to get this in our spirit. And so when we put our trust in Jesus and what he did in his finished work on the cross, God by grace, through faith, for by grace you have been saved through faith, that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. You know, if I got myself saved, you know what we would all do when we got to heaven? How did you get up here? How did you get yourself saved? We would all be talking about ourselves for all eternity. We already have to deal with that now. Why don't we? You can't do No, there's no boasting in heaven. There'll be no boasting, only praising. Amen. Come on, amen. When I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, here, here's what happens immediately, supernaturally, automatically. I am accepted by God in Jesus. He accepts me. When I, no matter what kind of lifestyle I may be in at the moment, no matter what things I have done, the world may reject me, society may reject me, my parents may have rejected me, but at the moment that I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, here's what Paul said in Ephesians 1 and 6, to the praise and the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. We, God looks at us and he doesn't see a sinner. He doesn't see a rebellious person. He sees, if we believe on his son Jesus Christ, he accepts us as we are on the spot. Right then and there. You don't have to try to clean up your life to get to God. You just need to come to God with your dirty old self. Just as you are. Listen, Christianity isn't about us reaching up to God. Christianity is about God reaching down to us. I'm not trying to get his favor and his blessing and his acceptance. I just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and he accepts me just as I am. I mean, Billy Graham had it right, concluding every one of his crusades, just as I am without one plea. I just come to you, Lord. You take me good, bad, and ugly. And the thing is, is that he won't leave you that way. Hallelujah. Turn to somebody and says, it looks like he got a hold of you. Go ahead and tell him that. To the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted. That word accepted comes from the Greek word charis, which means grace. In other words, he graced us with grace. Hallelujah. 
And he accepted us as we are in the beloved, in Jesus Christ. You know what grace is? Grace is when we get what we didn't deserve to get. That's grace. That the Lord, you believed on his son, and he just gives you eternal life, and you didn't deserve it. Listen, you don't deserve anything you get from God. It's grace. It's grace. So when I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm accepted in Jesus. God accepts me. He loves me. He blessed me. He favored me. We have, we have a few people that walk around here. They always love to say, well, I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. I'm God's favorite. Well, I got news for you. We're all his favorite. Amen. We're all his favorite. The second thing, when we believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, is I am acquitted of all my sin. I am totally forgiven of my sin, past, present, future. Let that sink in. My sins are forgiven. I have been acquitted. Paul said in Romans 5, 1, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And he goes on and talks about before Jesus, before we accepted the message about Jesus, we're really God's enemy. You could say, well, I believed in God, I believed in God. Let me tell you something. The demons believe in God and they tremble. We are at enmity with God outside of being saved by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. We're not on good ground. We're not in good standing outside of Jesus. We are lost and without hope in this world until the moment we hear the message, we, we see it in our heart, the truth of it, and we believe it. And the Bible says when we believe it, we have been forgiven of all of our sins. Now that's amazing. And that word, and the reason why I use the word acquitted or acquittal, because if you look at that, if you have that scripture back up there, Liz, uh, therefore having been justified, everybody say justified. We love to say that word means just as if I'd never sinned. That's how God looks at me when I believe in him, when I trust in Jesus, that all my sin, all my sin comes under the blood covering of Jesus Christ and it's washed away from my life. And it doesn't mean that I don't, am not capable of committing more sin, but here's, here's the beauty in this. Because I sin, because I fall short, it doesn't mean I'm on my way to hell. Why would God leave us when we need him the most? We come boldly into the throne room of grace to obtain favor and to find grace to help us in our hour of need. Why, if I fall short of the glory of God, is he not going to let me into his presence or somehow I got to grovel back into his presence? No, I come boldly into the throne room of grace. And if I got junk in my heart, if there's somewhere I've been, I let God deal with it in me. I'm forgiven but I know God needs to work in me. I'm, sometimes I'm like Isaiah. I come into the presence of God, and when I get there, I say, woe is me. You know, something comes to light. Some area of, of brokenness in my life, some area that's not uh, completely surrendered to the Lord. I don't need to grovel to get into his presence. I come through the blood of Jesus into his presence. Because I know I'm forgiven. I'm not excusing any wrong behavior or anything that's 
you know, that we would call sinful. But I know that I'm forgiven because, because I love 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. He says, he said, I'm not trying to tell you, you know, when he said, uh, if we've committed sin, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sin and he will cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And then John said, I'm not trying to tell you this so that you will excuse your going out there and sinning, but just w- because, because you're going to do it. Nobody wants to talk about that. You're going to do it. You're going to get angry. You're going to lust. You're going you're gonna to throw something. You're going to gossip. You're going to do something. He said, I'm not excusing it, but he said, but when you do, I just want to remind you, you have an advocate. With the Father, Christ the righteous stands by your side. He stands right there for you, and he takes you into God's holy courtroom. And whenever you feel like you've sinned and you've stepped over the line, Jesus is right there, and he's pleading your case, and he's saying, he is acquitted, he is forgiven, because I took all his punishment on myself. Hallelujah. How many are glad for the gospel? Come on, how many are glad for the gospel? Praise God. So grace is when we get what we don't deserve, but this is mercy. Mercy is when I don't get what I do deserve. (laughs) I deserve the woodshed, you know. I deserve this, I deserve that, but Jesus is our advocate, and he's like, you're off the hook. This is not held over your head. You're forgiven. I'm going to tell you something, there's, there's nothing more liberating than to really get into that and to really understand it, that I am forgiven. And again, people struggle, oh, I don't know, you know, I mean, don't, you know, don't you think you got you to gotta do a little bit more? Well, think of this, when Jesus was dying on the cross, he was hung between two thieves. And it Think of that one that said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Well, how often would it have been if Jesus said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. i got to see if you're really serious. You better find a way to get off this cross and to live this out a little while. He didn't say that, did he? Come on, what did he say? Today, you will be with me in paradise. Hallelujah. He believed. And he was forgiven. Amen. Here's the other thing that happens. I gotta, I'm going to hurry up because we got baptisms. I am allotted Christ's righteousness. I am not only, when I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm accepted in Jesus. I'm acquitted of all my sin. I am allotted Christ's righteousness. Paul said in Philippians that he wanted to gain Christ and he wanted to be Chapter 3, verse 9, he wanted to be found in Jesus, not having his own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. That word allotted means to bestow to your account. So here's what happened when Jesus died on the cross. When he died on the cross, you know what he did? 
He died for all our sin, all our disease, all our dysfunction. He took all that upon himself. This is a divine transaction. He took all of our sin, sickness, suffering. He took it all on himself. And then he gave us, anyone who believes in him, he gave us all his righteousness. Period. Done deal. And now you are righteous before God. Now that is good news. That's good news. Say these words I am righteous. I am holy. I am cleansed. I am righteous, say it. I'm, say, it. I'm a saint. You're a saint. I know what other denominations and other traditions treat the sainthood. You know, you have to levitate and you have to do all these miracles. Listen, you're a saint because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Saint means holy, set apart one. That's what that means. And Paul said, I'm writing to some, some of the churches, he would refer to them the saints of God in Colossae or whatever. You're a saint. You're holy. You're righteous. Amen. That's good news. Praise God. Moving along. Here's another one. When I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm adopted as God's child. Galatians 4, 6 and 7 says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Jesus Christ. And I believe it's the NIV that says, We are joint heirs with Jesus Christ, meaning everything that Jesus attained, I attain. Everything he has, I have. Whatever he gets, I get. I'm a joint heir through Jesus Christ. It's not me. It's what Jesus did for me. But now, Paul said in Galatians, he says, you need to see yourselves not as God's servant here to try to earn his acceptance and his favor and to please him. You please him when you believe in his son. You're not a servant in that sense. You are sons and daughters of God. You've been adopted. God wanted you. He wants you. Hallelujah. He wants you in his family. And in the Roman culture, in that time, anyone who was adopted into a family, they automatically had all the powers and the rights of natural-born children. Period. That was the law. And so when Paul is using that terminology, make no mistake, he's trying to say something. When you're adopted into the family of God, when God, he, he looked at you, he wanted you, he chose you, he made you his own, and so everything he has, you get. Everything he is, you are. Amen. And we have a relationship whereby we cry, Abba, Father. God is our Father. You, this is good news, man. This is good news. Here's another thing, one final thing, if you want to come on up. I am authorized 
to do God's will. When I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm accepted in him. I'm acquitted and forgiven of all my sin. I'm given his righteousness. I'm adopted into the family. And you know, beyond that, he automatically authorizes me to do what he has originally commissioned for me to do in the earth. This, you know what this does? This, this isn't, listen, salvation isn't about just getting saved and then going to heaven someday. Salvation is about getting saved, knowing that I have heaven as my eternal home, but until I get there, God's got a kingdom that he wants spread out in this whole world, and he wants people reached, and he wants people saved. And there are things to do, and it gives significance and meaning to my life. The moment I believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, he gives me the authority and the power to do his will in the earth. Do you remember Jesus when he started his ministry? He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the good news. And then he turned around and told his disciples, now as the Father has sent me, I send you. Here's what he said in Mark, in Mark chapter 16, verses 15 through 16. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved but he who does not believe will be condemned this is our life our life now is not only to enjoy and rejoice in our salvation but in the authority and the power of Jesus name is to bring that salvation to other people and that gives us meaning. Whatever our occupation, whatever we do in life, however many jobs we have, wherever we go to school, wherever we live, it's not just about me getting saved. It's about me bringing the Savior to the whole world. Amen. We need to believe in the good news. This is the good news. Amen. So let's just pray for a second here that mic oh Michonne's got it Father God we just want to thank you right now for the good news of salvation that we've been saved for by grace we have been saved through faith that not of ourselves it is a gift of God not of works lest any man should boast Thank you, Jesus, that you gave your life for us so that we could have everlasting and eternal life. And I pray, Lord, that every one of us would truly understand the gospel message today and live in it. In Jesus' name, everybody just kind of looking up here. I wonder if there's anyone here today as I was preaching or teaching or sharing these words, I wonder if there's anyone here today who you have yet to make a personal confession as Jesus as your Savior. Maybe you've been trusting in your good works. Or maybe you've been thinking like, well, there's, you know, there's Jesus' way and there's that way and there's this way. Everybody's got their own way. And maybe you've been believing some fake news. And you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You can know him today. You can know him right now. You know how you know him? 
Here's what the Bible says. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, which means he died for your sin, and he raised him up from the dead. If you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth, then you shall be saved. Is there anybody in the room that would say, you know, I want to give my heart to Jesus? I've not done that yet. Is there anybody here? I want to take a moment just to give you an opportunity. Just raise your hand right where you're seated. Is there anybody in the room? Amen. I just wanted to give that opportunity because there's no reason, there is no good reason to miss this opportunity. And you can do that by a simple prayer. You don't have to do it here right now, but I'd encourage you if you've never done that to do that. Amen.